And we are here of my very first episode of my little podcast. Um, okay, this is like very awkward because I'm literally sitting alone in my room right now and I have some things to talk about today, but before we get started, I just wanted to explain who I am if you don't know me. Hi, my name is Jillian, but I'm better known as Jilly Annalise and I make fun little indie pop music. And, um, this podcast is just gonna kind of be me talking about my music, my life experiences, just maybe I'll have some guests on sometimes. And so the reason I wanted to start this is because I feel like... Brain just goes blank. Um, I feel like I just have a lot to talk about that I can't really put into words in my music and this is a fun way to a fun way to like do that. So um today I wanted to first start off by talking about my second album because that was an album that I had worked on for like literally two years and I feel like the process of it just like went in such a different direction. So my second album was called Hana Hockey, and my idea behind it was, um, this is so dumb sounding, but like, I was on Pinterest one day and I saw this like, artwork of this girl coughing up flowers, and the title of it was like Hana Hockey. I have no clue who the artist is, or um, what the artwork was, because if I did, I definitely would be like shouting out that artist because. I got a whole idea for a whole entire album from that. And so I saw this artwork and I started looking up what hanahaki meant. And it's this fictional Japanese disease basically where a person coughs up flowers due to unrequited love. And I was like, that is literally so artistic for no reason. And like, ooh, romantic, except not romantic. Romantic in like a really sad way. (laughs) <laughs> My dog's in the room with me. Joey. <laughs> he has some stuff to say too, apparently. Are you joining the podcast? Hi. You cannot see him, but he is sniffing my computer right now, and he's, like, right in front of me, and it's very cute. Oh, and my other dog is barking. I had just been recording for 16 minutes and didn't get any of it because I pressed play instead of pressing record. Um, hi, I am a mess. Um, anyways, I guess we're just gonna, like, just continue talking about Hana Hockey because you missed all of my little tangents I went on because, oh my gosh. Um, so anyways... Hana Hockey, that was my second album. It was originally supposed to be about um, this like made-up character that I was going to make up. That, th- thank you, that was so descriptive. Going through like um, just watching everybody else's unrequited love and um, just like that from her point of view, kind of like feeling other people's emotions kind of is like a little like metaphor for empathy because I feel I'm I'm not gonna say this in a like really cringy like oh I'm an empath way because like that's gross and I'm not gonna say that but like I am a empathetic person but more in a way that I just get so attached to people and I care about them so much 
that I will feel their emotions with them. And it can take a toll on my own mental health because I care so much about them that I stop caring about myself as much as I should. And that's like a flaw that I need to work on, but that's okay. You know what? We all we all have flaws, besties. Um <laughs> and so that was what the album was originally supposed to be about. And then I just kind of got in this space where like so I just graduated high school. Um in those four years, I was never in a relationship. I've still never been in a relationship. Um, I've never dated anybody at all. How Conan Gray of me. Um, (laughs) I guess the loneliest people write the best music, and you can't make that up, so I'm just gonna say that. Either the loneliest people or just Sagittarius's, because me and Conan do share a zodiac sign which is cool I don't necessarily believe in that kind of stuff nobody come for me I just feel like that everyone is too unique to be able to like classify everybody's personalities into like those kinds of things um anyways see I'm already going on tangents so you guys are not missing much because I just talk about a lot of random things and my brain works in a very weird way so um basically not having been in a relationship I feel like I just got in this place where I wanted to um actually explore the meaning of the word hanahaki and not like make up my own meaning for it because that felt less true to like what the actual meaning was also so I just started writing songs about unrequited love and just kind of seeing what stuck. And I also um, was researching flower meanings. So every single title of a song in Hanahaki is about a flower meaning and I based the song off of what that flower means. And I that was a really fun way. And I learned some really interesting things also. Like the flower um, lavender, do not quote me on this because I cannot find the um, article where I originally saw this, but apparently lavender means betrayal. So the song on my album called Lavender is about a relationship where you love this person so, so much and they just don't give you that same energy. They just kind of like betray you and treat you terribly and you're finally just realizing, I don't deserve this betrayal, so... Yeah, also Hanahaki was originally supposed to be a visual album. <laughs> Clearly it is not. I do not have the funds for that. I'm like a little baroque college student now, which is still weird to say because it's only been about a month since I graduated. But yep, that's that's how this is. Um, And then my um next album kind of just came out of nowhere. Because I was not planning to release a third album so close to my second one. I wanted to just take some time and just kind of, like, come up with a cool concept and start, like, working on stuff and, like, just writing for me. And then I got in this really sad point towards the end of high school, again, where I realized I've never been in a relationship. And that, for some reason, feels so scary to me. Even though there shouldn't be, like, times for everybody to have these things in their life happen because everybody's lives are so different. So, um, 
when I get into my first relationship is not going to be the same age that somebody else gets in their first relationship. But for some reason, I just feel this need to almost like rush everything because I see all these people around me and everybody is in relationships or had multiple relationships. And it's almost at the point where I would rather be miserable and like suffering a breakup than be alone entirely just so I can prove to myself that somebody has the capacity to love me in a romantic way and it's that's messed up um this is why I have a therapist and antidepressants but um I just started kind of like writing music almost about this like relationship that I'm imagining I could have like I've liked um guys before but it's never worked also I have really bad taste apparently because I feel like I wait till I get close to like someone and then they end up being a really terrible person and it's like I am so dumb (laughs) so um that album literally just kind of came out of nowhere it was kind of just my way of coping with I've never been in a relationship and like um also what if now that I'm in college nobody wants to date me because I wasn't in a relationship in high school and so I don't have that experience and so I seem like unexperienced or like what if the relationship is so uneven because the guy I end up dating is going to be like my first love and I probably won't be his first love because most people have dating experience by now so then like what if I love him so much more than he loves me and it's just like a really unbalanced unhealthy relationship and it's just a mess um well I guess then you guys would just get another album so it's kind of a win-win to be honest but not really because I have enough problems (laughs) and so that's kind of the mindset that sad girl society came out of it's probably my most vulnerable album even though a lot of it is not stuff I've experienced yet it's just my way of like wishing I had these experiences so I could feel like I'm my age like I'm 18 now I don't even feel like I'm 18 I feel like um the pandemic has a lot to do with that because when the pandemic started I was in my sophomore year of high school and I just graduated so I feel like I'm still 16 and here I am at 18 I just graduated I'm getting ready to start college and it's this super weird feeling of like I missed that last chunk of growing up to do and now suddenly I'm just flung into adulthood and I have to figure everything out and that brings me to another thing I wanted to talk about of like um so like growing up I always knew music is what I wanted to do my mom is a voice teacher um so I was always surrounded by her teaching voice lessons in our house and I would just hear singing all the time And I just was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I would always scribble down lyrics in little notebooks with crayon, which is very funny. And I do have some of those notebooks. So maybe on a later episode, I will read you guys some of like eight-year-old Jillian's lyrics because they're questionable. But um, I would do that and I would perform concerts in my living room for my parents and my brother. And I like I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. But then as I grow up, all of my, like, really close friends that I've had for so long start changing their minds about they wanted what they want to do. Like, my best friend, Tashina, she really wanted to have a dance company. And then um, once we got to high school, 
she wants to be a nurse and I'm like so happy for her she's literally one of the most responsible and smart people I've ever met in my life and she's going to do incredible at that and she's going to do so many great things she wants to specifically be like I don't know what the like correct term for it is but like a baby nurse like the one who like helps deliver the babies what's that called um somebody can tell me maybe I don't know um but I I never changed my mind and I feel like everyone else around me has so it almost has this like doubt of like is what I want to do too unrealistic is it too out of reach for me am I going to be able to make a living off of this is this what I'm going to be able to do for the rest of my life because it's what I want to do for the rest of my life but can I and I feel like um getting ready for college makes it a lot scarier because it's like oh my gosh this is real now I gotta like really do this and so um just a lot of fear with that and just just in this I'm just in such a weird place like I hope the people who are also in this place can relate because it's like we did lose like the last half of our childhood we're all adults now and I don't even have my license yet hello I'm really scared to drive um, that's another kind of funny story that we'll, like, save, um, because the whole reason I don't have my license yet is, I think, because of my depression, um, because before I officially got diagnosed with it and on, um, antidepressants, I would literally blank out when I was practicing driving, and my dad would ask, like, why I was good sometimes and why I wasn't, and I wouldn't be able to answer him because I didn't know, um, that's a, I guess that's not a story for another time because that's basically the whole story. Um, but anyways, so that's where sad girl society kind of comes from. It's just about, it's about my, like, wanting for a relationship and, like, how I wish I had an experience with, like, being in a relationship in high school, even if it was toxic, just so I could grow from it. Because, um, I feel like in life, every relationship that we fall into is just like a growth point for us and like not to get religious on you guys who are not Christian but like I feel like God puts people in our life to teach us different lessons and some people are meant for us they're supposed to be in our lives they bring us um joy they bring us closer to God they like strengthen us as a person but other people also strengthen us as a person but not by having them stay it's like the um losing them is what's gonna make you stronger and like I've had so many friendship struggles like I feel like I just keep like I lo whoa I lose a lot of friends and I always blame myself but at the end of the day those people just were not meant for me and that doesn't mean that they're bad people it does not mean that I'm a bad person they could have done things wrong I could have done things wrong None of us are perfect, but at the end of the day, God probably placed those people in my life to teach me something. And another thing that I like to try to figure out when I'm writing my music, this is going to take a little, sorry, this is like taking a little religious turn or like Christian-y turn, so, um, but one of the things I think about sometimes when I'm writing my more personal songs, like the Sad Girl Society album, is like, um, what is God trying to teach me? And I write about my feelings. Well, going through whatever lesson he's trying to teach. 
We're almost back up to the 16 minute mark. Look at me gaining back all of the mindless rambling that I lost. Yay! So that's just kind of one of my like songwriting perspectives. Yeah. Okay. I hear dogs barking. Um, I don't know if I said this already. I think I said this in the part that got deleted, but every time I hear dogs barking or like my dogs barking or anything going on and I'm home alone, I literally have to peek outside because I'm scared there's going to be someone like standing outside my house or there's going to be someone like trying to get in my house and they're going to like try to murder me or something. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm really paranoid. See, I'm just going to check again, even though I know no one's there. And if it is, it's probably my parents and my brother coming home because my brother is getting his first tattoo, which he's very excited about. Um, what else can I talk about? Um, I should have, like, structured this better. I should have, like, looked for topics. I'm gonna take a drink real quick. And then... I guess, okay, one of the things I wanted to talk about is aesthetics. This is taking a really weird turn, but, like, I notice, like, um, so I've always been super, super interested in fashion. Like, I just love having a lot of clothes. I love dressing up. I love, like, all of that stuff. Like, so fun. Love it. Um, but I feel like until I hit, like, this year... I always thought I had to appeal to, like, a very specific aesthetic. Like, I had to choose one. You can't have more than one. You gotta choose one. Hold on. My recording thing is saying I should stop and save this. So, we're gonna save it and I'll be right back. And we're back and I forgot what we were talking about in those, like, ten seconds. Uh, Alright, you're talking about aesthetics. Oh. Again, got him peek. Okay, my family is home, so I am gone again. Sorry, be right back. back again so my family is leaving so my brother can go get his very first tattoo he's very excited i'm excited for him because i don't know if i could get a tattoo because i think i'm way too indecisive like i would get like something like a flower or something like that on my arm and i'd be like oh my gosh i have a flower and then like two days later i'd be like i want something different so i use temporary tattoos this is not sponsored by temporary tattoos but it would be really cool if it was. We do not actually have a sponsor today, but if you want to listen to my music, that's really cool. Um, thank you. That was so awkward. Um, okay, so back to aesthetics. Um, up until this year, I thought I had to have one aesthetic and stick to it. So, like, I started off in, like, eighth grade and I was like, I'm a fairy K girl. Um, <laughs> so I would wear... 
I would wear tutus and, like, Peter Pan collared shirts and hot pink combat boots and, like, an obsessive amount of hair clips. And I had this one dress that had a narwhal on it. Um, it was a lot. Like, I would wear that to school every single day. And, um, for those of you wondering, I was painfully bullied in eighth grade. So, um, we'll get into that on a later episode, maybe the next episode, because... I don't really feel like getting into any more sad topics because, um, just because the podcast is called Sad Girl Society does not mean we gotta be sad. Um, so then I got to my freshman year and I honestly don't know what my aesthetic was because I was still kind of in the, like, Harajuku phase, so, like, I was transitioning out of that, but I didn't have a new style yet, so it was just kind of, like, mix-match weird. Also, I was, like, dieting for the first time because in eighth grade I gained a lot of weight because I was so depressed and I had like undiagnosed depression because I was being bullied so bad um which like I said we'll get into like the details of my bullying trauma another episode but um so I would just kind of sit around and do nothing and so I just gained a bunch of weight and um when it was my freshman year I was super insecure And I wanted to get that off, which, like, this is a toxic way for wanting to. But, like, I felt like if I was a lot skinnier, um, the bullying that I endured the year before would not have been as harsh. And, like, honestly, that could be true because this world is kind of messed up. Um, like, imagine bullying somebody harsher just because they're not conventionally attractive. But then I had a glow up, and, like, I still low-key hate myself, but that's okay, we're growing. And so, I didn't really have a style then, because I was constantly throwing out clothes. Um, also, my grandpa died that year, so it was kind of, like, a hard year for the whole family. So, like, not a lot of time to focus on an aesthetic, um, then my sophomore year, I started to feel a little more confident. I had put off, a, or got, whoa, I lost a lot of weight, and so I was, like, starting to have a little bit of confidence, but I kind of started dressing like a basic Christian girl, and I don't mean that in a mean way, because, like, if that's your style, yes, go off, but it was, like, very, like, fall colors, and, like, I looked like a pumpkin spice latte girl, and it was an interesting time. Then my junior year, um, so like I said, at the end of my sophomore year, the pandemic happened, and I don't know if you, actually, you probably didn't even hear that part, because that was probably in the 16 minutes I lost. Okay, so, like, in the 16 minutes I lost, I went on this little tangent about how, um, sometimes I don't realize that I'm an adult now, because, um, I, the pandemic started at the end of my sophomore year, and now here I am graduated out of high school and getting ready to go into my first year of college and it's very scary because I feel like I did not have that like last couple years of growing up I just kind of got flooded into adulthood and now it's like I gotta figure this out um well I still feel like I'm mentally 16 because I didn't really get to experience much like when you're stuck in your house um my mom has health issues so we didn't even really leave the house at all during the pandemic and a lot of my friends are super introverted so I had basically no social contact with anybody my age for like two years um (laughs) am I insane maybe so 
having like two years of basically no contact with anybody except my mom my dad and my brother and then like my dogs which I love so much and I love yeah like I love my family and my pets but um it's just having I didn't have that time to like grow in relationships that were like less permanent and so I just kind of feel like I still have a lot of growing to do. Like, I don't have my license yet. I'm going into college. I have to drive myself to college, and I still have not got my license. I'm going to get it soon, but it's just, like, I feel like I'm in such a weird place because I do not feel like I'm 18. I feel like I'm still 15, to be honest. Like, I barely feel like I'm 16. But, um... Maybe I should rename this podcast to I forget what I'm talking about every, like, 10 seconds because yikes. So, uh, yeah, okay, aesthetics, duh. Um, at the end of my sophomore year and the beginning of my junior year, my aesthetic was pretty much just sweatpants and t-shirts because I didn't leave my house. I wanted to be comfortable. Or my favorite when it was online classes is I would wear, like, a cute top. And, like, this is when I started discovering Shein, which became a really bad, um, addiction. And I should delete the app off my phone because it's literally so tempting to just buy stuff. And, like, I don't really need more clothes, but, like, I always want more clothes. And, yeah. Um, also, it's not very, like, good. Like, I don't really want to support Shein as much as I do. But I don't make a lot of money. My options are thrifting or Shein, pretty much. And when I do not have my license yet and can't drive myself, Shein feels like the main option. So, um, anyways, I, like, would- I had all these, like, cute shirts that were, like, ribbed puff sleeve shirts from Shein that I got a ton of because my mom bought a ton of them for me because I bought one for myself and she saw how much I liked it, so she bought me, like, every color of the shirt. And so I had those and I would wear them with these- Five below pajama pants that I still have that are honestly still my favorite pajama pants because they're so comfy that just are like this navy blue color and they have like llamas all over them so my school outfit would be I would like brush my hair I do my skincare because I also started becoming like a skincare girly during the pandemic um and then I'd like brush my teeth obviously and I would put my blue light glasses on And I'd put my, like, I'd still have my llama pajama pants on because I would just keep those on even though they were probably what I slept in. And then I'd throw on one of those, like, Shein ribbed shirts. And that would be my school outfit every single day because it was online school. And, like, my school did this thing where you could either take, like, the school, oh my gosh, you could take school. (laughs) You could, like, try to sign up for normal classes where um if it was safe to go back in person you'd be able to go in person or you could take online classes exclusively which is what I signed up for except for my choir classes because um hi I want to do music so I had to keep I had to keep working at music plus I wasn't going to miss out on one of my years in choir just because of COVID even though I basically missed out on it anyways but we did get one concert which was cool So, um, that was my aesthetic in most of my junior year until I started discovering, like, soft girl, cottagecore, I don't know. Those were the two aesthetics I liked. 
but then um towards my senior year those are the two aesthetics I kind of stuck like stuck with until just all of a sudden I just was kind of like I don't need an aesthetic I can wear whatever I want if I want to look like I come from a different decade every single day then like good for me honestly that's amazing for me good job like I can wear whatever I want and I feel like realizing that I don't have to fit one aesthetic was like so freeing which sounds so dumb because like where do we get this idea that we need one style like we can dress however we want and so some days I'll be in like dark colors and I'll look a little like sad and stuff and like oh my gosh my depression is showing in my outfit and then other days I'll be in like all pastel colors and um my like platform docks because I love those shoes to death and then maybe one day I'll literally look like I'm from a Barbie movie and it it's fine like I'm having a good time I'm enjoying dressing up I'm having fun with my style and I feel like at the end of the day that should be what it's all about like we shouldn't be trying so hard to fit into one aesthetic because that's just putting ourselves in another little box and like me getting a little too deep about aesthetics but you don't need an aesthetic like just just wear what you want wear what you want besties even if you look like you come from a different era every single day or like you have 17 different personalities just go for it are people gonna think you're insane why not but or maybe but who cares I don't really care anymore um I'm just having fun and I feel like um okay this is like a random rant but because I dress in like such different ways every day a lot of people at school think I'm gay or at my old school would think I was gay and no offense to the gay people listening I do love you guys very much because you are very supportive of me but like why is it normalized that if someone has good taste in clothes, they're probably gay? That does not make very much sense to me. Like, I feel like we should just normalize, again, people wearing what they want to wear. If I don't want to dress basic, that does not mean that I do not like boys. It just, it just means that I'm having fun and wearing what I want. And um, my brother told me, actually that girls would come up to him in the hallway and tell him that they thought I was hot which like literally so sweet but this gets to one of my like crazy just questions of like oh my gosh thank you so much for thinking that I'm pretty but this does not help me when I'm like a little straight teenage girl um that was another tangent <laughs> anyways uh what else can we talk about let's let's talk about um let's talk about some music i like to listen to specifically two what three new albums that just came out or one that is coming out tonight so the first one i want to talk about is conan gray's album super ache because i love that album so much oh my gosh i like was a little worried i wasn't gonna like it and like not saying in like a not I'm on whoa not saying in like I don't like Conan Gray's music way because I am absolutely obsessed with Conan Gray's music but I was mainly just worried like oh my gosh what if I don't like this because I had bought concert tickets before the um album even came out 
which like I'm so excited I get to see the concert in October um literally gonna be such a great time like I have never been to a concert the closest thing I've been to to a concert was a My Little Pony live show when I was like eight years old <laughs> so um and like I want to be able to put on my own concerts and like my own tours one day so like it would be very helpful if I could like actually see a concert so I'm literally beyond excited to see this Conan Gray concert like I'm going to cry my eyes out at this concert um which brings me to my point I think I'm just gonna like review the songs on the album which I can do for like the first two albums but I can't do to um the last one I'm gonna talk about today because I have like not heard the album yet I should probably just tell you what the last album is the last album I want to talk about is the new Beach Bunny album but I've not listened to it yet so I can't talk to you about it um and I guess I'll tell you what the other one I want to talk about and like talk about the songs is is I want to talk about Sabrina Carpenter's new album because she literally went off like, I've been listening to Sabrina Carpenter since I was literally, like, eight years old, which is, like, a common theme, I guess, today. Um, <laughs> me being, like, eight. Maybe I was, like, nine. I don't know how old I was. Whenever Can't Blame a Girl for Trying came out and, like, Girl Meets World and all that, I have been listening to her music since then. And, like, the growth, this new era, it's just, like, I love it so much. Um, anyways, back to Super 8. I'm just going to be reviewing all of the songs and telling you um, what my favorite is. Maybe, like, my favorite line in each. That could be kind of fun or, like, my favorite part. Um, okay, so the first track on the album is Movies. And when I say this song made me cry, again, that's going to be a common theme of this because almost every song on this album had me bawling my eyes out. Like... I literally, so I don't usually stay up to listen to albums. I was like, no, I bought album ticket or I bought concert tickets to this album. I'm staying up to hear it. And so I'm laying here. It's like 11 o'clock because Conan was nice and gave it to us an hour early in my time zone, I guess. Or it's just that his time zone is um, an hour behind mine or early. I don't know. I'm bad at time zones. And so... I'm just sitting here listening. I literally started crying. I was trying to do, like, a cute little vlog of, like, first time successfully staying up to listen to an album, and then I forgot to continue filming, so the only reaction I have is this picture of me crying, and I think it was when I was listening to Family Line, but almost all of the songs made me cry. That one just made me cry the most, but okay, let's just, let me keep talking. Some movies... Um, this song felt like a personal attack to me because, like I said when I was explaining my, like, Sad Girl Society album concept and, like, where I was mentally when I wrote this, I wrote that album, um, wishing I was in a relationship, even if it was bad. And knowing that Conan has also never been in a relationship and hearing this album from him, it's like, oh my gosh, are you attacking me? Because... The way I relate to all of this stuff, when I kind of think of it, is, like, him singing about what he wants, and it's almost, like, so, like, an unrequited love thing, but also knowing that, like, or just this weird perspective of even, like, wishing you had a toxic relationship, because even then you have a relationship, 
I worded that really badly because I'm like not being coherent. Um, but this this song is so good. Um, also a funny comment is like so we were playing the Conan Gray album for my mom because we got her kind of into Conan Gray after we showed him or after we showed her yours because that song is so good. I'm sorry, yours is still my favorite I think because I will cry every time I hear that one because it's just so good. But, um, we were playing this and my mom said that Movies was her favorite other than yours because she also loves that song because it's so pretty. And so, um, then we were on vacation. We went to Florida and it was really fun. And we were playing some Conan songs for my dad. And we were playing Movies again. And, um, my mom goes, this would be a good wedding song without really knowing what it was about and me and my brother just lost it because can you imagine like um you're getting married and your first dance song is movies by conan gray like you're dancing everyone's like all teary-eyed and the music is just like baby they say you like the movies like <laughs> that would just be so funny and um yeah so anyways i really love this one I think is a 10 out of 10. Um, this is gonna be a lot of me just getting really positive reviews of the song. Or of all of the songs. Because, like, they're all so good. Like, he just, like, nailed it. Um, I think my favorite line from this song is the, um, part in the first verse where he says, um, if you are the diamond, then I am the rain. Because... I'm sorry, that's so cute. Like, I know this is not actually a relationship, but that is so cute. Like, that is just such a cute comparison, and that makes me very happy. So, um, snaps for movies. It gets a 10 out of 10 for me. And now on to the next song, People Watching, which, which like, a really interesting thing about this song is... This is the song that got me into Conan Gray because I feel like this song to a T is just what I feel. Like, I want to be in a relationship, but I've never been in one. I'm just living vicariously through everybody else's relationships. I'm reading romance webtoons. I'm watching my friends experience heartbreak and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking, when am I going to get this chance? And so being able to like... Like, Conan just put this feeling into words perfectly, and with the concept of people watching, it's, like, just such a smart song, and, like, the lyrics in this are insane, because he is so good at storytelling. Like, the first verse, where he's, like, describing the couple, it's just, like, sir, you got me invested in this relationship, and you're not gonna give me any more information? Like, I want their whole love story now. That is so cute. Um, <laughs> like, I don't even know what metaphysical philosophy is, but I want to know what it is now because you're telling me about this couple that met there and now, wow, how cute. <laughs> me just rambling. Um, anyways, my favorite line from this song, this is going to be very basic, but like when he says I cut people out like tags on my clothing... One, again, I feel a little attacked because if I feel like I'm a burden to people and people won't message me and, like, nobody messages me first because, like I said, I feel like I just attract very introverted people. 
But if I keep messaging people and they won't answer me, I just stop. I just, like, leave. I stop trying, even though I know they might be going through something, and I just kind of, like, like, let them out of my life, because I get tired of it, and maybe that's not what I should be doing. Like, maybe I should be putting myself, like, in their shoes and trying to think of, like, something could be going on, but I, I don't. I just cut them out of my life, and I never talk to them again. <laughs> Oops. And then, like, or with some of my friends, we'll end up talking again years later, and then we're just as close, so, like, maybe it's, it's just a little, it's interesting. This is my life, apparently. So, the next song we have is Disaster. Oh, by the way, people watching gets a 10 out of 10. Like I said, this is gonna be a lot of 10 out of 10s. Um, people watching gets a 10 metaphysical philosophy out of 10 metaphysical philosophy. Yay. Um, song number three, we have Disaster. This song is my brother's favorite on the whole album. I personally like to cry to music, so a lot of the songs I like better are the, like, really sad ones, which does not say stuff very good about me because, like, a lot of the time I do like a happier, upbeat vibe, but, um, again, I like to cry to music, and so most of my favorite songs on this album are, like, tear you to pieces sad, but that's okay. Um, again, the storytelling in this song, insane. Literally insane. Also, I saw somewhere that, um, he said the beat of the song is, like, super fast because it's supposed to feel, like, overthinking, and, like, that concept is also insane. Like, please save some talent for the rest of us, sir. Thank you. Um... Me trying to think, what is my favorite line in this song? Honestly, I really like when he brings up Ashley because when I started going down my little- Whoa, I just found a British there for a second. Um, when I started going down my little Conan Gray rabbit hole, I was watching his YouTube videos because one of my friends told me that she was watching him when he just was a YouTuber. And she said that he used to do a bunch of YouTube videos, and she was like, yeah, he used to do, like, thrifting videos and skincare videos and Minecraft videos, and I was like, that is literally insane, I'm gonna go watch this now. And I found the videos of him and Ashley, and their friendship is my favorite thing ever, like, cutest thing. And so when he brought up, like, when he literally brought up her name, I literally squealed. It was, like, midnight, I'm like, ah! Like, it was a silent squeal, but it was a squeal. Like, that is so cute. Um, so yeah, this one also gets a 10 out of 10, mainly for that outro. Can we talk about the outro? Because the outro might be the best part. Like, it just, it ending so abruptly, it's like, okay, okay, thank you. Um, (laughs) track number four is Best Friend. Now, this song, I love, but I am a little Christian girl, so this song is very much a struggle for me because I do not cuss. I have never cussed in my life. It's just something that I kind of decided I was never going to do. Um, I like, I know there are some Christians who still say words like that, but it's just, I don't, like, I personally do not feel like I am comfortable with that. So I've just never done it, and I don't plan on doing it, so, um, sorry, you're never going to get super, super edgy music from me. Um, (laughs) but, so this song, I can't sing along to 
very well, but I am literally obsessed with the concept of it, and it also made me cry because I was just thinking of it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is probably about Ashley, and then I cried because I thought that was literally so cute. Also kind of genius that the song before this disaster mentions Ashley, and then we go right into Best Friend, which is probably about her, and I was like, this is so sweet. Like, I, I wish I could sing along because it's so catchy, but I, I can't because it does have a lot of cuss words in it, so me at the Conan Gray concert is just going to be kind of like vibing and dancing silently while everyone around me is screaming the lyrics, or I'll just be like screaming the word best friend and not most of the other lyrics, but I think this is literally so cute, and then when it ends, um on him talking like he's answering the phone I also thought that was super cute because like I said my first like instinct was oh the song is about Ashley and I what song was it people watching where she like calls him at the end of the music video I felt like that was almost like a reference to that like he's answering or something I don't know I thought that was very cute I'm gonna give this one an 8 out of 10 8 um, best friends out of 10 best friends just because I can't sing along to it but it is still literally such a bop and I will not skip it when I listen to the album I honestly won't skip any of the songs because I feel like to feel all of the feelings you gotta listen to the whole album on to the next song we are going to be talking about astronomy this is another one that got me into Conan Gray because it's just so pretty and also very sad and it like gives you that like vibe of like you're losing somebody and it's just I love it I love um sorry I'm gonna take a drink real quick again okay well first the lyric in the second verse where he says I thought if I wandered I'd fall back in love you said distance brings fondness, but guess not with us. That is poetic. Literally, keen of poetry, even though he's writing psalms. Um, songs are just poetry with melody. The bridge is what I really wanted to talk about, though, because, like, some of the Conan Gray bridges are just insane, but this one is just extra crazy insane because... The whole, like, metaphor of the stars and, like, being, like, they already died. Also, I didn't even know this, but the whole thing of, like, some stars in the sky are dead, but you can still see them makes this metaphor even more depressing. So, like, thank you so much, Conan. This gets, um... A seven star or nope not a seven. Oh my gosh me reading that this gets a ten stars out of ten stars thank you so much and the next song which um I'm barely gonna be able to like comprehend any of this because this is my favorite Kona Gray song this might even be my favorite song which like if I told someone this was my favorite song they would be like who hurt you but um it's so good. I'm literally tearing up just talking about this. This is so bad. So we're talking about yours. Also, can we talk about how 
um, much of an attack. This is the Conan would put yours right after astronomy. Like, I'm already about to cry, and now you're gonna hit me with this? Like, this whole song is just, like, Conan, what? What the heck? Why would you say all of this? Um, I am going to cry. I am literally being attacked. Like, what, are you just going to, like, rip my heart out of my, like, chest and just, like, stomp on it and then laugh at me while <laughs> you really, while you walk around in a field of flowers in that music video, which is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> like I said, this is not gonna be coherent at all because this song, like, the hold this song has on me. Um, this is one of the, like, first Conan Gray songs we showed my mom because we knew she would like it just as much as I do because I feel like me and my mom are both kind of dramatic people and so having this really dramatic like ballad song it's just so pretty and like like I said my mom is a voice teacher she immediately was like I need to do this with people with voice lessons and I was like I know it's so good and then the next day she was like I literally woke up um dreaming about that or I was literally having dreams about that song and I was like I know it's so good because like it's oh my gosh um it's just it's so sad but it's so good I think the pre-chorus is my favorite part of this whole song because it's just the rhythm of it the way he's singing also the emotion in his voice in this one I think that's what really makes me cry because like he sounds like he's crying in this entire song I'm obsessed like this song is so good um so, in the pre-chorus, he says, All I really wanted was that look in your eyes. Like, you already know that I'm the love of your life. Like, you already know you're never saying goodbye. Again, an attack. That is cruel. Um, so, obviously, this one gets a 10 roses out of 10 roses. 10 out of 10. Thank you, Conan, for um, tearing my heart out. Also, the bridge. Sorry, I didn't even talk about that, but the... The way the bridge just kind of comes out of nowhere, like, you're, like, crying, and then all of a sudden it just, like, kind of picks up. It's like, okay, okay, thank you. Okay, on to the next one. Now we're going to talk about Jigsaw, and I want to bring up a very depressing point that I've heard about this song. So, somebody told me that this song is not actually about, like, a romantic um, relationship, but it's actually about his dad, which, like, hold on. Now I'm going to cry even more because, like, that makes it so much sadder, but also it makes the line in the first verse where he says, um, I'd be more like my sister, say thank you, ma'am and mister, to you for you. It makes so much more sense because, like, why would you bring up your sister in, like, a romantic song? I mean, you could, like, if you're just comparing yourself to people, but knowing that it's probably a comparison of, like, the way he feels, um, his dad views him and his sister is going to make me cry because I compare myself to my younger brother a lot. Um, do I, do my parents actually probably love him more than me? No, but I'm delusional, um, and depressed, so <laughs> do with that what you will. So that is incredibly heartbreaking also to have it go like straight into like family line and summer child when one that like makes sense that this would be about his dad because it's with the other two songs that are like about his family situation but like 
Ouch. Um, let me see what's my favorite line is. I really should have organized this podcast better, but hey, we've almost made it to an hour and like good for me because I did not think that was going to happen. I think my favorite line in this would be the, if I made you like me, would I even like myself? Because um, as someone who has struggled with being such a people pleaser, I will literally almost make up new personalities for myself with every pe- every people I'm around, every person I'm around, just because I want them to like me. But when it's like a specific person and I get so attached... I really need them to like me, but by becoming what they would like or what they would love, it's not what I like, and it's very heartbreaking. Um, this one also gets a 10 out of 10 because, ouch, but thank you, Conan. Um, the next one, family line. Here we go, guys. The um, one that I got a picture of me crying. Oh my gosh, me, like, literally choking. Crying at, like, midnight. Um, this song is so heartbreaking. And like I said, I was very new to, like, Conan's YouTube channel. So I had never, like, watched any of it. Or any of the videos before. This album came out, or before I started becoming a fan. And so, um, I went back sometime after this um album had come out and i watched his draw my life and i literally cried watching that because you start to like connect the dots to this song and that and it's just literally so heartbreaking and tragic but also so beautiful that he was able to take all of that pain and turn it into something like this and it's just so again it's heartbreaking but it's beautiful in a way um i think my favorite line in this is when he says i was a kid but i wasn't clueless someone who loves you wouldn't do this that that is cruel again but um also very nice not very nice um (laughs) I'm literally about to cry talking about this and so I'm just slowly going into like madness and it is such a mess um (laughs) this one also gets a 10 out of 10 from me we are almost to the end of the album here is summer child which can I just say I think the song is underrated it's really good like it's just a very chill vibe sad but not like i'm gonna cry my eyes out sad like it's sad in a way that like if you really take time to focus on the lyrics you might cry but it's also just got this like very peaceful almost like optimistic feel to it um i don't 100 percent know who this song is about because i've seen some people say it's um a song for his sister and other people say that it's him like singing to him his younger self because he, like, he says something about, like, watching, yeah, he says, and as for me, I'll watch you weep, um, in the second verse, and, um, so a lot of people think it's about his sister, 
but a lot of people also think it's probably about his younger self because since he was a YouTuber, he can watch himself, um, his younger self. And so I feel like it could just be about both, like just a comfort song to both of them because um, I don't know if him and his sister are so close. I do not have that kind of information. I, I think they maybe are. I don't know. Um, but it could be for both of them, just as, like, a comfort for, um, their, like, very traumatic, like, family life. I'm also gonna give this one a 10 out of 10. Um, I really wish I could buy the Summer Child bucket hat, but I do not think I have $40 to spend on a bucket hat, and I've already given Conan Gray, like, $100, um, between buying concert tickets and buying the vinyl, so, um, okay, we literally have, like, only three songs left, so we're almost to the end. So, this one's footnote, which I saw an interview where Conan said this was actually his favorite. Which, like, 10 out of 10 because the lyrics in this one are also very painful. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't even, I'm trying to figure out what my favorite lyric in this one is. But, this song is literally just such a good, like, again, such a good storytelling song that it's hard for me to even choose a favorite lyric because it's just like the lyrics and I feel like this one was like a grower like I didn't know if I liked it too much the first time I listened to it and then um the more I listened to it and just kind of let it resonate with me I was like no this is a beautiful song uh, literally this was a bad idea to start with this one before going into emails I can't send because I'm literally just about to cry now Honestly, the chorus is my favorite part of this because just the whole concept of, like, loving someone so much that they could be your entire story just for you to be a footnote in their life. Like, I have a song on my album, Sad Girl Society, called I Love You, where I say something about, like, um, for you we were a chapter, but for me we were a life. So very similar to this. But Conan takes it even a step further, and he's saying to this person, he's not even a chapter in their life, he's just a footnote, but he loves this person so much that he's okay with that. And that is heartbreaking, but like, okay, okay, good for you, Conan, except not good for you. I'm literally so sad for you, and who hurt you, because yikes. Although I can relate, so, um, <laughs> 10 out of 10. And on to memories. This one is a bop because it's a sad bop. Like, I can cry my eyes out to this, but I can also dance to it. So just for that, 10 out of 10. My favorite part of this, I do not think this is an unpopular opinion, but in the second verse when he does the, um... You see, it's hard to find an end to something that you keep beginning over and over again, I promise that the ending always stays the same, so there's no good reason in make-believing that we could ever exist again. I can't be your friend, I can't be your lover, can't be the reason we hold back each other from falling in love with someone other than me. One, that is insane. 
the way it just flows right to that pre-chorus, like, wow, a writing genius over here. Also, ow, um, <laughs> I love this song. My brother did not like this one as much when it first came out, but it, this one really grew on him also, and now we both agree that this is a really good song. Um, around the time this song came out, I had almost like a 24-hour bus ride to Florida for a choir trip. And I listened to this song a lot of times on that trip because it was new and it was so, it's so good. It also gets a 10 out of 10. Um, I'm kind of speeding this up because we're literally already at an hour and I do want to talk about Sabrina Carpenter's album in this episode also while it's still fresh in my mind because also it is so good. Like that was so iconic of her. But um, this last song is my second favorite song on the whole album because, again, I really like the dramatic ones. Like, this is just such a good song. Um, we're talking about The Exit. Yay! Also, he mentions coffee in this one. And, like, I love coffee. I'm not drinking coffee right now. I have a soda left over from lunch with my friend. But I love coffee. So this song is insane this was my favorite that wasn't well my favorite that's not yours because yours was already out so when i listened to the album like i just listened to all of the like other songs because i i'm not very good at staying up late so i just listened to all of the other songs on the album that i hadn't heard already so this was my favorite out of all of those and it still is because it's just so good um the pre-chorus and this, again, ow, um, but also the part where he says, I'm still standing at, and then it pauses and he goes, the exit, and then all of the, like, vocals and instrumentals come in. It's insane. It's so good. Literally gave me chills because it's just so dramatic and it's so much fun and I love it so much. Um, my favorite lyric in this, like I said, is the pre-chorus. The it feels like we had matching wounds, but mine's still black and bruised, and yours is perfectly fine. Feels like we buried alive something that never died. So God, it hurt when I found out. And then it flows right into that chorus, which is also a bop. And I feel like this was just such a great way to end the album. Like, it literally is the perfect way to end the album. Because, so my mom, when we were showing her songs, she pointed out that a lot of Conan songs tend to end very abruptly. But this one doesn't. Like, it, the ending feels very complete. And I feel like that is such a cool way to end the album. Because most of the other songs do end in kind of like a very abrupt way. Like, movies... That bridge comes out of nowhere and it just ends. Um, people watching, it ends on that, like, noise of people walking and talking and that just, it's over. Um, disaster. Again, bridge comes out of nowhere, it's over. Best friend doesn't really have a bridge. It goes from the second chorus to him talking on the phone, then it's over. You get the point. And then this one, it just, it ends. It feels super complete and final and I feel like that is literally so beautiful because it's almost like he's saying this is the end of this relationship but also this is the end of this album and i just love it and so 10 out of 10 um now we're gonna talk about emails i can't send because oh my gosh 
So like I said, I have been listening to Sabrina Carpenter since I was like eight years old. Or actually, we're gonna check that in Google when Can't Find a Girl for Trying came out, because that's when I was listening to her. Okay, so that came out in 2014. What what year is it? It's 2022. Hold up. Me trying to do math. Okay, so 14. You can't see, but I'm literally going to count on my fingers. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. Okay, so I was correct. It is eight years ago. So I've been listening to her for eight years. Not since I was eight. Eight years. I was ten when her stuff came out. So... I was actually not correct. I'm just... Okay, so anyways. I've been listening to her for so long. And, um... She's just one of those artists that I couldn't really give up on. Even if I didn't 100% like some of her stuff. Because I feel like I grew up listening to her stuff. So even if I, um... Didn't 100% like some of her music I would still always go back because I just wanted to support her because I've been listening to her for so so long that I just still wanted I believed in her I wanted her to like succeed and so um her first album Eyes Wide Open 10 out of 10 so good that was literally most of what I listened to in early middle school slash like late elementary school I would listen to it all the time I literally had the CD um I she's the reason I bought a ukulele like if it weren't for Sabrina Carpenter a lot of my songs would not exist because I wouldn't own a ukulele so it's like like she influenced me that much as like a child so I loved her first album I had it on a CD and then her second album also loved it I also had that one on a CD and my favorite song on that one was Shadows and my mom literally made me a nightlight with the lyrics just walk like you're never alone and I still use that nightlight to this day which like you guys are gonna laugh at me but like so I sleep with an eye mask but I also sleep with the lights in my room because I'm so paranoid (sighs) Um, so anyways, like, and then her next two albums, like, the singular ones, I think that's what they're called, I didn't like them as much, but I think it's just because there were a lot of songs that I would skip on there. Like, it's not that I thought they were bad, it's just that they weren't as unique as I feel like her other stuff was, so I didn't connect with it as much. Um, so I was, like, honestly kind of sad because I was like oh no is this the direction she's going in am I not gonna like her stuff as much anymore and then she came out with this banner of an album <sighs> like every song on here is so good um again a crying time album for the most part but also there's some good songs that you can like dance to um we're just gonna talk about it now because um yeah so the first song it's called Emails I Can't Send. It's like an intro. My brother had actually showed me this one because she had posted like a little snippet of it. And I was like, that is very pretty. And I I didn't know she was going to release it because it's a very like, 
it sounds like something you would do for one of those, like, everyday songwriting challenges. And it's just, like, but I mean that in a good way, like, in a very vulnerable way. <laughs> Me being paranoid. Alright. 500,000. So, I really like that she released this because it's just so interesting and so vulnerable. And as someone who, like, grew up with her and kind of, like, watched her grow up, hearing her talk about what I'm presuming is, like, her dad, one, is, like, heartbreaking because I never would have known she was struggling that much because she always looked, like, happy and stuff from what we saw. So, that's really sad. But also, just, like, so admirable that she would be so open. And... I like how, I like how her voice sounds on this one because it sounds like again this is a very storytelly song, which kind of ties in the super ache. They're both very storytelly, and it's just it's it's very pretty. It gets a ten out of ten. Also, I like all the like talking clips in this. I think that is literally so cute. Okay, we're gonna talk about track number two, vicious. This is a bop. This is, okay, the bridge. I know that is the most basic part to really like in this song, but the bridge in this song, I was not prepared for that. I was just kind of like, yeah, this is fun. It's sad, but it's fun. And then the bridge came and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, she's angry. Good for you, bestie. Um... Again, I'm, like, laughing, but also I should have done this one before Super 8 because I'm still on the verge of tears trying to get through this. Also, we're almost to 70 minutes, so I need to, like, wrap this up. So I'm gonna, like, probably give less, like, deep things. Um, okay, what's my favorite lyric from this? Okay, again, I know this is basic, but I think my favorite line from this song is, you don't think you hurt me if you wish me the best, and that is, again, ow, for the, like, millionth time on this podcast, ouch, but that is so true, because there are some people who just think if things end on good terms, they didn't hurt you, or if they're like, oh, I hope everything's okay, and, like, um, I don't feel this way about you. But that doesn't mean that I don't think you're a good person or something. Um, they think that that means that you're not hurting them. But but you're still hurt. Like, the loss of any kind of relationship is still going to hurt a lot. So, um, anyways, uh, next song. Next, we're going to be talking about Read Your Mind. Okay, this is my second favorite song on the album. This is so much fun. Like, it is just such a good dancey song. And I feel like that is so unexpected because both of my favorite songs on Super Egg were just really dramatic and, like, depressing. And I'm over here saying Read Your Mind is one of my favorites on this one. And it's, like, so boppy and stuff. But, like, this is so much fun. I just love the sound of this. It is so fun. And I love the contrast like I feel like this is like when I write music I love the contrast of a happy sounding melody and like instrumentals but like a really serious meaning and so this is so cool like I I love this song 
And, okay, the next one is Tornado Warnings. Again, I also love this one. I like how she almost sounds like she's, like, talking in the verses instead of singing. Like, I feel like that is so interesting. And, again, adds to this, like, storytelling aspect this album has. Okay, I should have just called this part, um, Jillian freaking out over albums for, like, way too long. Because it's been so long. Okay, sorry. We're back. I am trying to find the next song on here. But my phone is being very, very slow. So I'm going to pull it up now. Okay, the next song is Because I Liked a Boy. Now, hear me out. That whole situation, one, was a mess. Um, like, my brother, my brother has a massive crush on Olivia Rodrigo. He also has a massive crush on Sabrina Carpenter. So, like, he was, he was in a weird situation when that was going on. But, like, again, dog barks, must check outside. Um, he would almost, like, bash Sabrina a little bit or, like, bash both Josh and Sabrina, which, like, I, I was just kind of, like, very, like, in this weird spot, because I don't really like drama and stuff, and I feel like you should respect their privacy a little, but I didn't want to, like, say anything, so I was just kind of, (laughs) like, um, so, finally getting to hear, like, her side of the story, is very nice but also hearing mainly just about um what she had to deal with because the way that the media treated her was so so wrong especially because none of them were 100% at fault in this well I guess technically like Josh could have been a little bit at fault if he really was like dating Olivia and then switched to like dating Sabrina before they had broken up or like went right to her right away but like the amount of hate both him and Sabrina were getting was very wrong and like I like Olivia's music but one of the things that I think was wrong of her was to not call the people who were like being rude to them out like she just let it happen she didn't say anything and like part of that could have been her team they could have been like no don't say anything just like let this happen because it's blowing up your career but ruining the mental health of anyone for your own benefit is one of the worst things I think anyone could do. And I know she didn't intentionally do it, but all of the stuff they had to endure for her album, when her fans like love her so much that they probably would have listened to her if she was just like, oh, um, stop harassing anyone. But she never said that. And like, if she did, I'm so sorry, I'm wrong, but like, I don't remember that she did and that is just like that is so wrong of her 
I think. And, like, again, she's very young. She's only, like, a year older than me. So, like, I'm in a weird situation. I don't know what I would do if this happened. But, um, it's just, it's just so, it's so upsetting to me. So, hearing her be able to just take back this, like, power that was almost taken from her and just turn it into art. Literally so amazing. 10 out of 10. I'm just giving every song we write today a 10 out of 10. Um, number six is already over. This one is really fun. Honestly, I don't like this one as much as some of the other ones I've talked about so far. I think it's a very fun song. But I, um, I don't know, like it's still very much a bop, but it's just not one of the ones I listen to as much. Number seven is How Many Things. Also not one I listen to as much, but that is most likely because right now my playlist has the entire Super Ache album on it. And um, this song is also very sad. And I've done enough crying. Let's just say that. But I love this song. I think her voice in this one sounds so beautiful. And honestly, just her voice alone made me cry. Number eight is Bet You Wanna. I also do not listen to this one as much, which, surprise, surprise, the girl who likes to listen to songs that makes her cry doesn't want to listen to the, like, upbeat one. But, no, I like this song. It's just, I feel like it's harder to relate to songs that you aren't really feeling or that you don't, oh my gosh, it's hard. Oh my gosh, how do I word this? It is so much harder to, like, listen to a song when you don't connect with it as much but not like in a it's more this is my way of saying I'm insecure um (laughs) if a relationship ended I would blame myself I think eventually I would come to the realization that I don't have to blame myself but I would never at least where I am at now I would never be able to be like oh I bet you wish you had me now because I just don't think I would have that confidence, and I I love Sabrina for having that. Just me right now. That's not how I feel. Um, next is Nonsense. This is my brother's favorite. He loves this one. I hear him sing it in the shower. Um, I think this one is so fun. It's so bubbly, and I like that the album took kind of a happy turn because it's like a cute contrast, and it makes me really happy. And then Fast Times, also a bop what a fun time this was one of the songs that came out where i was like okay so i'm gonna start liking her music again more that made me really happy now we have skinny dipping okay this was the song that started getting me back into sabrina carpenter music because it's so much fun and it reminds me of the earlier sabrina carpenter stuff but with like a way more grown-up and mature feel And I love that so much. Also, the verses are insane because it sounds like she's just talking and she's just telling a little story. And I love it and it's so cozy and it just makes me so happy. And yeah, Um, bad for business. I also love this one because I feel like um, that is like such an interesting um, concept to write about is like being a songwriter and um, you're happy. You're in a relationship. You're in love. But is this bad for your career because you are singing about happy stuff for once and not, like, sad, heartbreaking things? I don't know. I 
I love this one. And the last one, my favorite on this whole album, Decode. This song is so good. Literally, so when when I listen to the album and then my brother had already listened to it because he can stay up late and I can't, um, he's like, I knew this one was going to be your favorite. And I was like, you were correct. This is my favorite. It's just so good. Like, it has this weird, like, cozy, magical feel to it. And I love it so much. And, like, this is one of the one, or this is the song on the album that I could listen to all day and not get tired of it because I love it so much. And, like, it makes me feel weirdly emotional at the end because it ends with the, like, talking and stuff and the violin. And I just, I love it. I love this song. Um, I love this album. Um, okay, last thing I want to talk about is Beach Bunny has an album coming out tonight. And I just wanted to take a moment to say how much I love Beach Bunny because... They inspired a lot of my music also. Like, I feel like some of my music influences would be, um, like I said, Sabrina Carpenter in my earlier days because, like, like thanks to her, I have a ukulele. Like, the song Darling, I'm a Mess, that was one of the first songs I learned how to play on the ukulele, and I still know how to play it. And I still play it a lot of the time to this day because it's really fun. Um, and then Conan Gray, more for, like, the storytelling and just songs being songs you can cry to. Um, and then I feel like Daigle and Claire Rosencrantz for that, like, retro sound, but then Beach Bunny is one of my huge, um, inspirations, and, like, literally I'm out of breath because I've been rambling for, like, over an hour now, but, like, I love Beach Bunny, like, that is one of my biggest, um, influences on my music mainly in the way I sing because for so long I hated my chest voice. I did not want to sing in it because I have like a very bright toned voice and so my chest voice just sounded so bright toned and then listening to Beach Bunny and like she sings angry songs, she sings in her chest voice and her voice has more of a brighter tone to it also and it just kind of gave me this like okay I can do this and so I started making angrier songs and I made bluebells and it did really good. Or, like, really good in terms of, like, my small artist stuff. So, I'm so excited for this album. Um, so far, I haven't been enjoying it as much as Honeymoon. But I feel like, um, with Beach Bunny albums, you need to be able to hear the whole thing together before you can make a judgment on it. So, I haven't really made a judgment on it. Will I stay up to hear it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't have to work tomorrow, so I might. Um, anyways, this has been the first episode of my podcast called the Sad, or called Sad Girl Society, the podcast. Um, episodes should come out every Friday. Will that actually happen? I don't know. Maybe not once I get into college, but for now it should because it's summer. Anyways, I love you so much. Please stream my albums if you want to. Also, I might have a merch launch coming soon. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you want to see... Um, this, if you want to listen to this podcast and be able to comment on it and tell me the things you want to hear me talk about and ramble about this, this literally, I wonder if this is what my therapist hears when I do therapy. Anyways, um, I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this chaos and goodbye.